Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast about two people in their 30s looking and trying to find a love. I am Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall. It's Friday night and you're here and you're looking gorgeous. Kyle, I mm-hmm. love that sexy little sweater. <laughs> Thank you. It feels like you've smoked a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> I'm turning into <laughs> Kathleen Turner. Honestly, there's something wrong with my voice, but I want to let you know that, well, yeah, I'm a little bit broken. I'm still here for you guys. It's Friday night. I'm not missing out. Just drink that tea with some honey in it and it'll be all good. I'm happy to be with you. Kyle, are you happy to be with me in this Friday night? I'm happy. <laughs> that is so, so hurtful. F- full stop. <laughs> Uh, no, of course I'm happy to be here with you, Jen. It's always a great Friday night to spend it with you. That sounds so forced. Sounds so forced. That's so mean. So mean. Right in, you guys. That's so mean. Okay, where do you want to start? Let's go to the relationship scorecard. I have nothing new to report. My journeys with Jesus continue. And of Mm -hmm. course, I'm not talking about Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a man here in the city that looks extraordinarily like Jesus, with whom I have been going on dates with for kind of a long time now, Kyle. You have been. And people are invested in a relationship. I don't know if you've seen some of the comments that have been on Twitter, but people are pulling for you. Yes. I did see the comment that perhaps I'm being too hard on him because, you know, things happen out of my control. I feel like going on dates with with this man is going to be a little bit like captaining a hot air balloon. I don't know how, but I'm in the basket. <laughs> Was that intelligent? Probably not. Did it sound good? You're in the basket going to hell or what, what's going on with this basket? I'm just saying like I'm in it and I, I, I'm, I'm happy to be in it, I think, but I don't know really how to pilot it. I think that there's going to be a lot of things that are out of control. I got to mention that like most men in their cresting into 40, mm-hmm. as Jesus is, he has an ex-wife mm. and... I'm navigating my feelings about that. My last ex had an ex-wife and it was a whole thing. So I'm thinking about that. That's on my mind today. Something that you want to unpack or we're going to unpack that later? (laughs) We can unpack that as time goes on. Today, I'm just feeling like dating Jesus is like being in a hot air balloon. It's a beautiful day. There's a slight breeze, but I have Mm. no, I have no clue how to captain a hot air balloon. So it's just Mm -hmm. like a small, just streaming little streak of panic. Kyle. Yes. Kyle Marshall. You have a mess on in your dating <laughs> scorecard. It's a dating anthology now. You're uh-huh. juggling men here, there, and everywhere. Please bring us up to speed in your adventures in dating. I mean, I guess you could subtitle it American Horror Story if you really wanted to. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> just to build off of that anthology idea. Juggling is a good descriptor here, Jen, because I am, of course... At a bit of an impasse, you like to make fun of me for only focusing on one thing at a time. That's right. I think it's ridiculous. Like I'm some sort of bloodhound catching the scent of something new that's been shoved in front of my face. That's right. You're missing the golden. You're missing the golden part of what I always say, which is when in Rome, mm-hmm. do as many Romans as you can. And I can't do that because of some previous experiences I've had. Is that I feel like playing the field or trying to date multiple people at the same time is just not my thing. I have to focus on one thing at a time. See, this is the fallacy of your argument. I'm going to stop you right there because it's not like you're actively openly dating all of these men. You're just trying to reel one in and you can't just be like, I'm just focused on reeling that one fish. You have to be like, I'm at the lake. There's 35,000 fish here. I just am reeling a fish in. I don't think my bait is alluring enough, Jen, as I think is what it comes down to. The gentleman who, well, let's just say, ghosted me at my own house the other day, I've kind of completely forgotten about at this point. He's so far off my radar that... uh, There was such promise for that guy. There was promise for that one, I thought. I thought it was going to be so good. I thought it was going to be a great story. And that's, that's... no, there's no, there's nothing there. Okay, so we're pretending he died. What about yeah, the crush I'm, I'm in New York? Pretending that... Okay, I don't know. Jen, this is where it gets so... <laughs> well, you guys can't see it because you only hear our audio, but Kyle looks like he's trying to literally crawl into a ball. Kyle, just be honest with me. Where are you at with this crush? Because 
You were going to be out in the I'm open still, with the it. The thing is that I still have the, of course, like the perfect vision of what that perceived relationship could be. So, of course, I'm obsessed with it. But I keep running into a wall where every time like I'm about to try and send a message or push things into that direction, I'm like, but I live so far away. I feel like this is such an inopportune thing to try and pursue when we live so far away. And they just oh, don't look at Kyle putting up barriers for I put, himself. I, look I at put that. Up barriers. Look at this. Just surprise. Surprise. And I haven't really tried to do, pursue anything in the last week and a half because I got frustrated and have sworn off ever being in a relationship ever again. So I'm, I'm in that kind of headspace. Oh, currently. defeated. 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 The psychic said when we went to go see the psychic at the top of the year, <laughs> she said, you have to work in an intentional way. You have to set you have to manifest this person into your life. Have mm-hmm. you been doing that work? Sort of. So I, I will say this. I really took her advice to heart. She mentioned how one of the things she advises her clients to do is to write out like 50 things that you want in an ideal partner. And then through a bunch of different exercises, reduce that to your top 10. So I can reveal to you here now, Jen, that this past weekend, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to surprise Jen. I am going to do <laughs> this project. I'm going to write my 50 and reduce it down to 10. It took me two and a half hours to come up with 50 things, Jen. It, I was like <laughs> okay. pulling things. I was so like, I was like, I don't even know what to write anymore. And it was like, I was, it was such a struggle that I was so exhausted by that effort that I have not reduced it down to the 10 yet. But I have my 50 <laughs> that, I have, okay. that I have pulled out of my soul. All right. Well, I'm, I'm checking back on the 10. But can mm. I ask you a personal question? Always. Why are there no women in your ecosystem <laughs> lately? Why is it all men? What's going on? You're not going to like my answer. In fact, you're probably going to hate my answer, Jen. Uh, and people are definitely going to write in about this. I have thought about this long and hard. I want to be very upfront with this, is that this is actually something I struggle with. I also want to preface this by saying that there is no perfect way to be bisexual. A lot of people think it has to be like a perfect 50-50 split, and that's really not how bisexuality works. I would have never thought there was rules to it, but okay, here we go. Go into the subreddit sometime, Jen, and prepare for a wild ride. I am convinced that it's just that the women who I find attractive do not find me attractive in the slightest. I straight up think that that is what the case is. I swipe right on women's profiles all the time on the two online dating applications that I use. And in the last year, I think I have actually matched with one of them. So I don't know what that says. Is it frustrating you? How do you feel about this? Um, I don't know. Frustrating is the, I don't know if I would use that word or not. I don't know how deep you want me to go, Jen. I struggle a I lot. I want you because, to go as deep as you can go, uh, Kyle. Come on. I struggle. I struggle just a lot. between you and I. Just pretend no one's listening. I struggle a lot because a friend of mine gets in my head from university who thought I was fooling myself when I said that I was a bisexual man. It's like, no, you're not. You're just a gay person who is afraid to say that they're gay. And it basically, Ooh, like, when old. I match with only men, it's like, is that true? Maybe that is true that I'm just a gay person and I'm too afraid to say what I truly am. And then that, like someone who I find super attractive and is a woman comes into my life. I'm like, nope, it's <laughs> I totally am attracted to both sexes. It, I think it frustrates me a little bit in that I haven't had the a lot of experiences dating women. I have definitely dated more men than than I have women. I guess my biggest fear is that I am uh, portraying something that is undesirable to them that I don't know how to fix. Or maybe you just haven't met your connection point. Possibly. Right? Dating women is not the is not the conquest of quantity. It's the conquest of quality and fit. Mm-hmm. Right? Can I ask you another personal question? Sure. If you could be having great sex tonight, would it be with a man or a woman? I, I don't break it down Come like on, that. It's just today. It's Friday night. If you could put a person in your bed, what does that person look like? Well, if I'm obsessed, I am obsessed with this one person specifically right now that I keep oh, bringing up. So, of course, it'd be like the man. OK, so tell me if this is true. Uh-huh. Have you ever been having like a really in-depth conversation with someone 
about like the state of a relationship or like you're talking about something super heavy and super complicated and like feelings are being expressed. And you have this out of body moment where you kind of step outside of your own body and you're like, why aren't we just having great sex right now? Has that ever happened to you or is that just me? I think that's a you thing, Jan. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just want to have sex with my friends. Maybe that's what the issue is. No, I just, I have these moments, especially I'm having these moments with Jesus where we're talking about like something that is like super complicated and we're like unpacking feelings and I just step out of my own body and I look around the room and I just think we could just be having great sex right now okay well i thought you were like talking about like random people i mean yes definitely i've been i've been in situations for sure whether it's like first date or co-worker even or yes just someone i find attractive and we get onto a topic where we're both passionate about it and we're having good ideas and there's just like great rapport back and forth and yeah there's been those thoughts that have floated through my mind like could we just like Want to like kiss? <laughs> of course, I've never said that, but I mean, like, <laughs> do you want to knock boots? <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, I find that the the older I'm getting, and the more I'm starting to know myself, the more I don't know. I feel like I'm turning into someone I don't recognize. Like, I used to love to just like be like, yeah, let's have a really heady conversation about our feelings on something mm -hmm. or unpack an issue, and now I'm like, ugh. Tomorrow. Well, this is another thing that I kind of struggle with, too, again, based on some of the uh, dates that I've gone on here this past year, which is sometimes I think for me personally, I actually rush into having a sexual relationship with someone when really it was I was just loving the conversation that we were having. It's almost like Ooh. this thing. It's like, am I actually attracted to them? I shouldn't say attracted to them. Is it like? do I get pleasure out of the sex or am I getting pleasure out of the conversations we're having? And I think some of the people I'm like, actually, I think we should have just kept talking with each other because I was better than the, uh, oh. the sexual chemistry we have. Okay. So that leads me to my final question of the night. When was the last time you had truly great sex? Well, I'm bad at sex, Jan. This is where I'm getting so... I, I told you before we started recording that I was nervous to talk about this episode because I get in my head. I don't think I'm good at it. I just don't think I'm good at it. And so I'm always in my... I'm always frustrated because I'm like, they're not having a good time. They're not having a good time because I, I'm obviously not very good at this. And so they can't possibly be having a good time. Okay. So why? Wait, stop. Everybody stop. <laughs> Everybody stop. Slow it down. Kyle. Record scratch here. Kyle, so why do you think you are not good at sex? Because I don't have a lot of experience with it. Like I keep telling people, like I didn't really start having like sexual experiences uh, until like my late 20s. So I feel like there's just such a lot of a gap in my in my history. And people think that I'm so much more experienced. The, the guy who ghosted me, in fact, he dropped that little knowledge on our first meeting when we went out for dinner with each other. He's like, oh, you must match with people all the time. You must get like so many dates. I'm like, nope, sure don't. He's like, oh, you're joking. I'm like, I'm not. Like, I really don't go on a lot of these. And he was like convinced that I was just being gracious about the whole thing. And I think there's people just assume. Yeah, I'm surprised by that fact too, actually. No, I am surprised by that too. I just assume that people would swipe right on you all the time. So I'm surprised by this no, also. No, no, no. You see, Jen, I have what's called an ugly face. So people oh don't God, enjoy you it. Stop it, Kyle. Will you stop it? Stop it. You do not. I have a great so, personality, ugly face. So it's like yeah, I have to is, really work at it. This is what we call in the political space a filibuster, right. where Kyle is trying to talk about anything else because he knows I have more probing <laughs> questions. And probing is exactly the yeah. word here. What, what did you Kyle, have lost great sex, what, Jan? If you, you no, answer no, the question. No, we will get to me. We will get okay. to me, I'm sure. Tell me about what happens. Like, just walk us through it. So you're naked, you're <laughs> having sex, and uh -huh. what you have this thought in your mind that what? I'm bad i'm doing bad like what's happening yeah, i'm doing this bad like i'm not focusing on them enough or i'm not like performing this better in any relationship as far as like foreplay and stuff goes i am a fan of performing oral sex on people i enjoy doing that but i have a okay. horrible gag reflex like i have the worst gag reflex in the entire world and so 
I'm just like, oh, I, I can't do this to the degree that I would like to perform this at. So that's number one. And so there's that going on in it. And then it's like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I try my best, Jen. I feel like maybe I've just been inundated with like romance and like uh, romantic comedies and probably the, the bad porn and stuff that I watched when I was a teenager. So I think that it should be going a certain way that it never really does. And so I get into my head and I'm like, this is not going the way that it should be going in quotes. And then uh, they don't call well, me after the you, third date. <laughs> well, what does your partner say? Like, have, has anyone ever said like, do it different or stop or like, no, is the, but it's like more what do in you the, have like, to go on? It's it's more of what they don't say, I think, is what. what oh, I'm, my God. No pressure. No pressure. If you're having sex with Kyle, you got to say just the right thing. <laughs> you're going to try and convince me to say that it's all in my head. But I just really feel that like I know that I'm bad at math. I just know that I'm bad at sex. Like it just is. It's a fact. I feel like the evidence that you're using to make that decision is defeating you. Hmm. And listen, the one thing that we know to be true about men and women and every gender is that people want to have sex with someone who is confident. Right. Listen, I empathize because I feel like there's things that I do that are good. Like the gen moves that I have, I'm like, okay, I think I'm okay. I think I've cornered this, this market. I've been told I should just, sorry to break in for just a second. The only piece of positive feedback I've ever gotten from two separate people is that I'm a good kisser. But that is about the hey. only thing that I have going for myself. Well, don't say that's the only thing going, just because, like, what do you want, a report card at the end? Like a Yelp review? I do. I actually would really prefer that if they could rate me on some sort of rubric that I could then um, play myself. I'm amazed that that hasn't been created. Increase my confidence with. <laughs> I'm amazed that that hasn't been created. Like, you can go on and, like, see the reviews of other people mm -hmm. and be like, oh, Rate my sex bag. partner, oh, okay. just like rate my teacher. Rate my sex partner. I don't know why that's not a feature of Tinder, because that's certainly the purpose of it. Anyway, okay, so, like, I have my signature moves, and I'm like, okay, I think I know I can do that really well. But then there are things that I am... Sorry, what is your, your go-to maneuver? What does that mean? Well, no, like, I just, like, I'm kind of flexible and... I'm, I'm I, like, I have things going for me, but then there are things that I'm asked to do that I totally empathize with you, Kyle, because I start defeated and it just goes downhill from there. And I would like to refer to that exercise as Jennifer is on top. There's something <laughs> about being up there that I can't handle the stress of the leadership that is required. And, and, and there's also the vertigo. So. <laughs> But it's so defeating. It's so <laughs> defeating. I can't come on top. I feel like I don't move correctly. I feel like I've watched YouTube films. I've asked my girlfriends, like, am I doing it right? Does this look right? Which, you know, being friends with me is always Which is really whole... awkward in the middle of the Denny's when you were performing that. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> you were there. When was the last time that you had truly, truly great sex? This is going to be so embarrassing. It would probably be in oh, When was that? It was either very, very end of 2019 or beginning of 2020. I forget exactly where it falls in my timeline. It was like literally right before COVID happened. So somewhere in that three month span of time. But then I didn't I didn't have sex at all through COVID. So I was like, you didn't have any like, sex through COVID. Good for you yeah. for listening to so public from health like 2020 orders. 20 until very late 2021. Yeah, I was a nun. I'm not anyone to judge you, but I just want to say this in a super safe space. Kyle, you're not having enough sex. What was I supposed to do? People didn't want to meet up. I was, no one was vaccinated. You, it was a different time. You, it was a different time. <laughs> Thursday. It was Thursday. And these, it was an unprecedented times, Jen. Oh and so God. people were just yes, but, <laughs> not uh, having it. Yes, but now we are vaxxed and waxed. And you got to find mm -hmm. your person or people or something. I would be having sex right now, Jen. Do you think I want to be recording a podcast? <laughs> with you? Do you think I want to be here with you on this Friday night after I lied earlier and told you I did? I want to pivot to this other thought. Did you know that I was today years old when I learned that the song mm. Monet Monet has like a thing that people chant in the chorus? Did you know this? Yeah. What do you talk? Yeah. I did not know this. Explain what I'm talking about for the audience, because I can't be the only one that doesn't know about this. Sorry, my mind is like crumpling here right now, Jen, because <laughs> we are the same age. So I don't understand how you have lived your life and never heard this before. I was legitimately today years old when I learned this, Kyle. Okay, because this was a thing 
that for sure was happening when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went, I'm going to sound way cooler than this really was. When I was in my club going phase in university. Yeah, when this song came on, at, at the chorus thing, you're supposed to yell. Hey, motherfucker, get laid, get fucked. That's everyone did it at the at the club. The weird thing is, I, you sent me this article beforehand. The, what I will agree with is like, I don't know why I knew that that's what I had to say. <laughs> it was just a thing that everyone shouted. And then I started doing it. And now it's like, yeah, it just becomes innate. So yeah, even in at like weddings, this has happened to me. What? When I went to the clubs, this has happened to me. Yeah. Like this is just the thing that you yell out during the chorus. Okay. So flash forward to me out with mm-hmm. Jesus and his whole family and this song comes on and everyone's dancing and we reach the chorus and they I hear I hear Jesus say hey motherfucker get laid get fucked and I just turn and look at him because I couldn't believe he just said that out loud with his family there and then they all say it and then they're like yeah this is what we all say and I'm like this feels like a trick to get me to say it <laughs> and I'm not gonna I'm not falling for it and Jesus is like no this is a real thing this is this is everybody says this. And I'm like, no, no, this is not right. And so then I have to go home and Google it like a like a noob. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it's a thing. How did this not ever? How did you escape this? What parties were you going to where this didn't happen? At? I'm telling you, I was going to parties. I partied my whole way through high school. I partied all my way through college. This, is, have... the, this is the problem when you go to the young Republicans parties, Jen. <laughs> like they do not know. What to yell when Billy Idol comes clearly, on? Clearly, clearly. So, in the spirit of get laid, get fucked, which of course is mm-hmm. my goal and your goal, and if you're listening, don't lie; it's your goal too. I want to say we get a lot of questions about sex. So, in the spirit of get laid, get fucked, I want to tell you all that that's certainly my desired state of being, Kyle's desired state of being, and just be mm-hmm. honest if you're listening; that's your state of being as well. So. We get a lot of questions about sex. We don't know what to do with them because we're a bunch of prudes. Honestly, Kyle and I. I don't want to be labeled that way, Jen, but I think that this podcast has proven that for whatever reason, I get really nervous when we have to talk about sex on this podcast because I was brought up in a respectable family. Yes. And And I was raised by a pack of wolves. I feel like my mother is listening to this podcast. I'm like, no, I've never had sex, mother. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny that Kyle brings that up. But before we started recording tonight, I did say that when we record episodes like this, I do also have to be like, just I have to put out all of the people in my Mm -hmm. ecosystem that I beg not to listen to this podcast. And yet they do anyway, because (sighs) choices. They tell you in medians that they're listening. So let me just ask you, how comfortable are you talking about sex? Well, refer to the first 30 minutes of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's so Here's funny. the thing. I actually don't have a problem talking about sex in the abstract. It's I get super nervous talking about me having sex ah. because I think I think my persona is that of like the most uncool youth pastor that you've ever met <laughs> in your entire life talking to you about their <laughs> sex life. And nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants that. It's extra poignant because you have that little sweater on today. Well, it looks like a collar that I'm wearing, yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. What is your state of the union on, on sex today? Should it be something that we all talk about more freely than we do? Or do we talk about it too much and we should stop? This is a hard question for me to answer because I feel like we're in this weird paradox where I think, I think way too many things are overtly sexualized but we don't actually have honest conversations about sex very often. As you'll remember from a couple of weeks ago, Jen, there was this huge thing in the news about how like M&Ms are being desexualized. I thought it was the stupidest conversation in the world because they're pieces of goddamn candy. Who cares? Right. Like that kind of stuff drives me nuts. It's like this does not matter <laughs> in any kind of shape or form. And at the same time, if we are to have real upfront conversations not even just about sex, but around like the human body and, and, and uh, puberty and that sort of thing. I think we do a really bad job. What we find attractive, like kinks that people have, uh, different gender expressions and sexualities and the way people enjoy like getting off. I think we actually are doing a disservice of having those types of conversations because 
media and everyone else wants to talk about Candy not wearing high heels anymore. (laughs) (laughs) As well said. Anyways, how about you? What's your state of the union on sex? So I share your purview that it has been made way too taboo. I mean, I was raised right. I was raised right. My my dad's mom, my my grandmother was, you know, one of the most graceful and elegant women. And she would be mortified to know that I'm on a podcast Mm -hmm. with you talking about sex into the open space. But I think in 2022, we've taken something that we all are doing that brings the majority of us pleasure that we're all trying to navigate. And we're saying, don't talk about it. It's too taboo. And I think you can talk about it in a, in a way that is uplifting and positive and I mean, if we're in mm-hmm. this body positive revolution, revolution, is that the right word? Then I think it's probably okay to talk about it. But I will admit that as I sit and do these, these types of podcasts with you, I always think, oh my goodness, I, I do think about one day moving into the political space. I mean, we don't talk about our mm-hmm. careers on this podcast and that's done with intention. But I do think one day of coming into the political space and having there being a, a recording out in time and energy about me talking about sex and insecurities about sex and and that somehow disqualifying me from being a leader in my community. And then I think of the current prime minister and how he once fake flew down a flight of stairs. And I think, oh, if that jerk off can be the prime minister, I'll be okay talking about sex on a podcast. So I come to, I come to it in a place that makes me feel like I'll be okay. Good good singer. Um, I, 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 (laughs) I do, I do agree though. I think that specifically politics is so frustrating i think it partly yes because we live in canada and and our own political system but our neighbors to the south or i would say even worse when it comes to this sort of thing like we don't want to talk about sex and yet if a single person ran for office i don't know if they would even be electable at that point isn't that true? It's this weird thing that people have. It's like, we don't want to talk about sex, but if you're not having it, then I don't know if we can, or if it's like, if it's not uh, overtly that you're in a relationship right now, then you can't be fit for public office. Exactly. Isn't and only recently has it been like, it had to be like a uh, heterosexual mm-hmm. relationship you were in, right? Like it's, it's just, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it is. It is weird. And it's something that I, I thought would change faster than it is. But if we live in a time where we can get food delivered to our door, we can order a shower curtain with one day delivery. Why are we still playing so many games with sex? Like as our world has become more instant and more expedited, why, why is sex still such, such a hurdle to get? Are you asking that you want to pay for sex? Is that what you're trying to say? No. What I'm saying is, yeah, let me be incredibly clear that I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we live in such a transactional world now where we can have our needs met so quickly at the touch of a button or at the at the swipe of a, of a thumb. Why do we think there are still so many hurdles for sex in relationships? Well, in the in the homosexual world, at least, that is literally what Grindr is, right? Mm-hmm. I am in your neighborhood. Let's meet up for sex. I can, can be there in five minutes. Like that is really what that app is used for. And yes, you can write in about like the 0.5% that have ended in relationships, but really Grindr is used for hookups and that is what it is designed to do. So in that case, I think it has been commodified to, to a degree yet I, at the same time, I would, I would push back a little bit and be, and say that be careful what you wish for, because if sex becomes as easy as yes, like tapping a button and someone shows up at your door sort of thing. I think that removes somewhat of the specialness of sex. And maybe that makes me a bit Pollyanna about this whole thing. Well, it does raise another question. It raises another question around Kyle. Can you have sex mm-hmm. without intimacy? I mean, yes, I can, but I prefer not to. Yes, I have. I've done that in the past, but I prefer not to. I cannot. I'm working on it. Let's go to the fishbowl. Yeah. We got a good fishbowl. I can feel it. Look at me sloshing it around here. Ooh, there's your keys. Okay. I asked this question in the questions for men episode, and I thought your answer sucked. So I'm trying again. Why is it? Why is it that men masturbate when they have a partner? I want to have sex with my boyfriend. And if I hear the words, I did it already again, I'm going to lose it. Again, doesn't end with the question, but the question in there is, 
why do men masturbate when they have a partner that wants to have sex with them? Kyle, do better. My hunch with this question is that there might be something that he wants to do that he is afraid to ask you to do. So the mental image of it is better than or is easier to do than asking you that question. Because the real thing for me, again, I can only answer this question from my own experiences of being a man and, and, and the multiple relationships I've had. But if there was someone who was eager to have sex with me, then yes, I probably would not masturbate all that much. The only reason then to masturbate with a person who wants to have sex with you is that there's something that the masturbation is doing that the partner isn't. And it might not be something that you specifically are doing. That's why I feel that maybe there's something he wants to ask you to do that he is embarrassed to ask you to do. Interesting observation. I am not a man, obviously. And I've mm -hmm. stated on this podcast, I do not masturbate, never have, never will. I think that it is about a guaranteed outcome. I think it's about impulse control. Yeah. You feel the urge and so you do it and it's a guaranteed outcome. You don't know what's going to happen during sex. You don't know what the variables are. But if you want a sure, an assured outcome, you masturbate. There, this is actually, this is going to sound like I'm making it up, I think. A lot of people are going to think I'm making this up. But you can read up about it. It's called death grip. A lot of men hold... <laughs> hold their dicks really, really hard when they masturbate. And so when they actually have sex with a real person, it isn't actually as hard as what they grip normally it, it with masturbation. As, it doesn't it, feel stimulated enough. Exactly. So they aren't actually able to get off. That also could be part of the issue that's going on here. Don't know, but that you might want to look into that. The only way out of that is literally to stop masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> like that really is the only way out of that that scenario but and that's a terrible feeling for a woman to be in because that's mm -hmm. them with a partner and the partner's like this doesn't feel as good as if you weren't here think about that right. yeah think about that if that's you that's you saying to your partner that's tough yeah this would be more pleasurable for me if you weren't here if i was there alone oh my god drive me crazy is there any reason why like let's say you wake up in the morning and you know you have someone coming over that evening and you know that sex is pretty much assured is there any reason why you would masturbate during the day <sighs> okay again i can only talk for myself i know some men who will because it relieves some of the pressure so they're not constantly thinking about it again i have such performance anxiety that if i were to do that i would have i would i might not even be able to get off when they did come over and that oh. started to happen so i would prevent myself from from doing that Okay, next question in the bowl says, I cannot get my girlfriend naked. Honestly, honestly, I feel like I'm having sex with Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Seriously, how do I get this woman naked? Any thoughts on how to get a woman naked? Uh, I actually have a lot of thoughts on Winnie the Pooh, so let me start there. Uh, well, I mean, I, I've watched basically a lot of hollywood films and from what i can gather no woman ever takes her top off when she has sex so <laughs> yes of course kyle's watching a lot of films from the 70s and 80s i don't know honestly john i think you are going to be probably better at answering this question this to me feels like someone has some sort of anxiety over their own body or like shame over something like that so they don't want to reveal all of themselves all i could say is like what do you do is you let them know I really want to see you naked because I think you're gorgeous and I really want to see all of you. I don't know. That's <laughs> that's what would be my approach. Yeah. I mean, women have t women and men, people, anybody, yeah. um, we have, hang you know, you have hangups, you have hangups. Clearly, she's got something where she feels uncomfortable. But let's also talk about your performance decisions. Do you walk in the bedroom and just whip it out and... Like you have to value her and part of valuing her, like what happened? What has happened? I've noticed this lately. When did men stop undressing women? When did we stop undressing each other? Like the last time you had sex, Kyle, did you undress the person? Yes. And did they undress you? Yes. Yes. I'm finding that it is in the, in the male female quotient, it is dwindling. It is a dwindling mm. asset. It's becoming like this weird performative. Everybody stands on their designated side of the bed and you kind of, I hate it. I think it has a weird interruptus phase to it. Mm -hmm. You have to like, don't obviously force her clothes off, 
but to say like, oh, I want to, I want to feel every part of you. I want to touch every part of you and to yeah. build that connection and make them feel comfortable. You also have to appreciate like maybe a conversation outside of the bedroom around maybe why she's keeping her shirt on. Cause maybe you hurt her. Like men have a tendency to be a little rough and sometimes that right. will be a defense mechanism and maybe it's something super simple. Especially if you keep saying you want to see her honey pot. Cause that's <laughs> oh. just, that's a turn off. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's the Winnie the Pooh references that get me going. Do you have to kind of coax them? Tell them that they're pretty. Tell them that they're beautiful. Women love words mm -hmm. of affection and words of reinforcement. I think everybody does, actually. Okay, next question. I can't be the only one that doesn't know what 69ing means, right? Help. <laughs> Jen, I am convinced you are, you are doing this intentionally to make me blush. Um, okay. So if you look at the six and the nine, what they're supposed to represent is like the, the round part of the number is the head, like a person's head. And the stem portion is their torso. So if you were to actually do a 69, each of your faces would be at the other person's genitals. And so you orally get each other off simultaneously. That's that is right. the clinical definition of what a 69 is. And for all of you men out there that think a 69 is her on top, that's gross. She will not do that. <laughs> Let me speak for all women. Let me speak for the whole gender. We're not doing that. <laughs> a 69 is side by side. So you're both laying on the bed. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy it. Why? <laughs> I'm, like the, I'm like the one person who doesn't enjoy no, it. No, I, I don't enjoy know. it. I so just, there's two of us. Why don't you enjoy it? As a tall person, it very rarely like works out. So I have oh. to weirdly hunch over and stuff like that. So it just doesn't feel right. And then I get a crink in my neck and then it's very unsexy for me oof yeah i don't like it either mainly because i don't like men looking at my butt that doesn't bother me but yeah it's the it's the crick in the neck there you go all right next question seriously does penis size matter yes, yes. question five i'm 20 years old and really into this girl like i'm fucking obsessed with every inch of her well we go on fun dates i talk which i never really do i'm working hard to impress her but I want to get it on with her. Every time we get close to it, she says no. I'm a guy in my 20s, so I know that consent is a full stop. But seriously, it has been seven weeks. She's making me crazy. How do I get her to yes? Does this sound like a shit test to you? Not really a shit test. I'm just, I'm conflicted with this because I, I don't want, I don't want to just blow past that and say no absolutely not it absolutely could be i always defer to assuming the best out of people and this could also be something to do with trauma in her past so she's really taking it slow because of some sort of bad experience that she had but don't beforehand. you think it, don't you think it's seven weeks she has a responsibility to say something like yes. this is why at this point i think we need to own up on that and just i know, I know this is the go-to thing i always say but like i think at this point you need to be super explicit and be like hey i want to have sex with you and i think you like me is there a reason why we have not had sex yet and see what she has to say at that mm -hmm. point because i don't want to make it sound like she owes you sex that's not what i'm saying but at the same time after seven weeks if you're in your 20s and it's been seven weeks, that's a long time. That's a long time. You're cresting it into is. too much. It is, yeah. My question from this would be, like, I'm really pleased to hear this guy say, like, I know that when she says no, it means no. Mm -hmm. I'm worried that if she's struggling with something, that they're going to get really far in and then she's going to say no and then we're going to have a consent problem. Right. Like I worry about the mm. risk associated with this question. And I think there is a valiant risk in this question. I think he has to sit with her and say, I know that it's I mean, if he's already talking, which he never really does. Keep talking, man. Just ask her and just don't be accusatory. And then if she continues to play games like, yeah, we can and then doesn't and then gets really far to the point where you're just like every because you have to think about 20. Like, Kyle, you remember being 20 when you were ready mm -hmm. to go. You were ready to go. If she's messing around with you, get out of there. I was, <laughs> I was ready to go 15 minutes ago, actually. No, but if she's messing with you, get out of there, right? Get out of there. Going, going back to not talking about sex openly enough in our society. I mean, some people's sex drives are just incompatible with each other. And yeah. I would actually rather know that very early on in a relationship. So either I can say, no, it's worth it. Or like, actually, I think I need to find someone else who's going to align with my 
I don't know, sexual drive a little bit better. And it's okay to do that. It's okay to know that about yourself. It's okay. It's totally okay to know right. that about yourself. Because you don't want to get into a relationship with someone and then you're sexually not compatible. Like it's just, it's an unnecessarily long way to go. Mm -hmm. Next question. I have only ever been with one guy. I'm single again and now I want to have some fun. But I'm worried that someone new will want to have more fun than I'm comfortable with. I'm panicked about coming off as a prude. I want to be seen as confident, but there's just stuff I'm not going to do. How do I deal with this? I think this is interesting to do right after this last question because it's basically the inverse problem, right? We had someone who wasn't really going all the way and now we have someone who's afraid that things aren't going to go too far. I think this goes back to consent again. And I, again, it's good to have all those cards up on the table. It's like, this is what I'm willing to do. These are maybes that I'm willing to play around with. And these are hard no's that I'm never going to do and don't ask me to do them. And again, I think that that's perfectly okay to have that conversation with a romantic partner. You never want to be put in that position mid-act and be like, whoa, like, no, like this is not what I signed up to do. Yeah, because then it's awkward for everybody, right? And you can't, then it... Mm. Yeah, then it's awkward for anybody and it doesn't help anybody. The other thing I would say, and maybe this speaks to what how much I'm trying to not be a prude, but trust yourself. You don't know what you don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. the easy answer to this question would be to say, talk about your boundaries, you know, trust yourself. But the other piece of it is to say, listen, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what I might actually like. I'm just going to trust myself. I'm going to communicate, but I'm also going to go along for the ride. I mean, we do live in a culture where in actual practice, the minute you say no, it stops. So let mm. yourself get to know, like let yourself, oh God, I'm probably going to be canceled for this, but let yourself enjoy the process. Don't pre-decide what you will and will not do and what you do and do not like. You're also exploring yourself. I think that's totally fair. I mean... Again, within the BDSM world, there's that idea of the safe word, right? Like, if we go too far, there's a word I'm going to say, and we have come to the agreement that we are going to stop. What's your word? <laughs> and make sure that... If, what's that? What's your word? Oh, my word? Popcorn. Is that true? You'll never know. Um, I, uh, <laughs> uh, but I am blushing, so let's... Yeah, he, <laughs> you Kyle the judge is on this really one. blushing. <laughs> Kyle is really blushing. What I was going to say is that I have also been in that scenario of being open to explore and then discovering things that I thought were going to be a no actually ended up being stuff that I actually enjoyed doing. Can you empathize with this question? Absolutely. I, like I said, I think, especially if you've only been with one other person in the past, there's that... That gut feeling that's like, oh, I just don't know as much as what this other person might know. So I think I've been in this position before where I, I would even go so further where I didn't even know necessarily what I wanted and what I didn't want. And so it was a matter of exploring that side of me a little bit more and realizing, oh, OK, this is the stuff that I do like, this is stuff I don't really like at all. This is the stuff I'll suffer through because the other person likes it, but I'm not a big fan of it, but it's fine. I can I can perform it. And then, yeah, these are my hard no's where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. What is something that you like doing that you didn't think you would like doing? I said this in a previous episode. I don't know how gross I want to be with this, Jen. Eating ass. I don't know. Like that. That's I did not think that would be a thing that I would be into. And so how and, did uh, as long as everyone's washed properly, then it's great. How did you come to be comfortable enough to explore that and realize that you liked it? Uh, booze and poppers. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, next question. <laughs> I want more sex. I'm young and I want it. How do I make that clear? Because I keep getting girlfriends who never want to have sex and it's all we fight about. Oof. There, I don't know. I might be reading way too much into this question, Jen. This feels a little bit entitled to me. <laughs> Just the way that it's phrased in that it almost casts like, Every girl I'm with never wants to have sex. So I don't know. Maybe it's how you're asking for it, when you're asking for it, how you're performing it, if they're not into it, to have it with you. So if it was one person, I, I wouldn't question. I would maybe dig a little bit deeper. If it's multiple people, <laughs> all of this is to say it might be a you problem. Well, there is a veneer of this question where you do ask yourself, are you a good lover? Because if you're having sex with girlfriends and then they don't want to have sex with you anymore, maybe you're not a very mm -hmm. good sexual partner. So check yourself. I think that there's a piece there of self-reflection that's probably valuable. 
But then there's also the piece around, you know, finding yourself like we saw in that other question with an incompatible sexual partner. There's someone that was like, I just want to go for long walks and I don't really want us to have sex. I dated a man whose previous partner was like, we'll do it on a holiday and maybe your birthday. And I was like, oh, I would go mental. I would go mental. Like having a sexual relationship with someone is a very important thing to me. I think it's a quintessential part of a relationship. And if you're, if you're in it with someone who's like, I want to go out and I want to be with my friends and I don't really want to have sex. It's not important to me. And that is important to you. Then you do have to just keep looking for someone who meets your sexual chemistry Mm -hmm. and wants to have the same kind of sex that you do. I also think it really depends on what you mean by more sex. Are you currently having sex once a week, twice a week, (laughs) once a day, and you want more than that? Then maybe that is going a little bit more aggressive than what the other person really wants. So yeah, again, it depends on what you mean by more sex. True. Although my definition of more sex is just having more sex. So, you know, (laughs) Kyle's going to read into it more than I am. But I get it. I get it. I can think of my own relationships that I've been in where I've had a partner who has wanted more than I've wanted to provide. And it's been a source of consternation. I mean, is one of the top five things that couples fight about, right? What is it? Sex, Mm -hmm. in-laws, money, kids, and something else. Video games. (laughs) And and uh, politics. I think also, I mean, I'm not not specifically in this question because you're talking about multiple relationships you've had, but definitely in like longer term relationships too. Just going back to that idea of like, am I a good lover? Sometimes ask yourself like, if if your partner is not down to clown. Oh my God, you did not just say down to clown. I mean, are they going through something stressful at work or in their personal life? Or is there other stuff that's going on that's making them really not want to engage with that? And maybe it's time to uh, bring in that other part of the relationship where you're listening and and helping them through that stressful situation instead of just thinking about your own sexual needs. Kyle and I might differ on this a little bit. I'm, I'm far more like, yeah, you have stress at work. Yeah, you have a lot of things going on. If your body's not broken... Sex is an element of a relationship that you have to take seriously. I don't provide a lot of excuses for people not to be sexual in their relationships, which might be very revealing about why I'm single. But anyway, let's um, (laughs) let's close up the fishbowl for tonight and and move on to the burning question, which normally if you listen to this podcast, one leads one of us leads one and and someone leads the other. But I'm, I'm leading both tonight because I have to be the one to read this to you, Kyle. So I found this post on Reddit. I think I read it like five times and just thought like, this can't be real. So, and then it had 64% upvoted. So clearly people read it and were like, I would like to be affiliated with this comment. So I'm going to read it to you. When a woman makes a man. You have to tell me what subreddit you found this on. Oh, it's, (laughs) no, I don't. (laughs) No, I'm not. Okay. No, I'm not. Okay. So. Okay. Fine. When a man, sorry. When a woman makes a man jump through hoops for sex, he should immediately discard her and find another woman. That's the title. And this is what he says. (laughs) This would obviously be difficult if the man was married. Why did you even get married in the first place if there are no benefits to it? He asks. But otherwise, a man should discard any woman who makes them jump through hoops for sex. It shows that she has no actual attraction for the man and will use him to extract resources, time, attention, whatever else, while dangling the carrot of sex to manipulate him into doing what she wants. Now, the common response to this is, but women's attraction works differently. Women have to get to know the man. Women have to build a connection. These are simply rationalizations given to average men in order to convince these men to give women what they want. Women's attraction does not work any differently than a male attraction if you find a woman who is actually attracted to you in this way. Basically, you need to ask yourself this simple question. Would she make Chris Hemsworth or Zac Efron or insert name of any other hot celebrity jump through many hoops for sex and make them wait months? No, of course not. So men should not put up with it if it happens to them. And 64% of readers were like, I like that. Kyle, (laughs) what the hell? Yeah, I would let Chris Hemsworth break my neck. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> boy, yeah, it's it's taking a lot for me not just to say fuck you and move on from this. I really especially hate that opening sentence where he mentions that why get married if there's, there's no, no benefit. benefits to it, yeah. as if sex sex is the only thing within a relationship that is beneficial. Th- there is a kernel to this where I can kind of agree with, and the that that very small kernel is. If you're in any type of relationship where the other person is using sex as a reward to do things, I mean, like take out the trash and then I'll have sex with you or do this thing mm-hmm. and then I'll have yeah, sex with red you. Flag, red totally. Flag. I'm on board. That's awful. But uh, the rest of this comment is hot garbage as far as I'm concerned. You can just tell that this guy has not been in a long term committed relationship based in love. This is the voice of people. Right. This is the voice it's of the sexually frustrated this is the voice of the sexually frustrated. Mm-hmm. I felt kind of sad. I did really, when I read read this, tried to find a way to make, like to imagine what he looked like. Where would he be? What does he look like? <laughs> I don't I don't know why I gave this comment so much thought. I think it's because you rarely see people exhibit such a, tr- you're right, a transactional nature about sex. Anyway, I thought you guys would love to hear it because, um, you know, this is, this is in the bowels of Reddit. We, we found it and I've unearthed it. And <laughs> I like that you were able to unearth this gem of a comment, Jen. <laughs> yeah. No, I just thought tonight it was an, it'd be a nice way to wrap it up. Kyle, let's let's say goodnight to everybody because people have to go get having some sex. Yeah, um, we're uh, we're in almost springtime here, Jen. Things are getting warmer. And so we definitely want you to start interacting with us even more so than just listening to this podcast. So we are on three major places online, and that is Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Each of those places we are at somebody date. So you can go and hit us up over there. If you want to have one of your questions answered or to answer our question of the week, you can go to our website, which is somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That is Jen with two N's. Thank you for joining us this Friday. It was great to have you here. Kyle's so humiliated. He's going to go straight to bed. But the rest of you, come on, go have some fun. And we'll see you here next Friday. Take care of yourselves and be safe. Bye. Bye.